The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to... Special Prosecution Monday, <laughs> a.k.a. Throw Hunter Under the Bus Monday. Yeah, that's how I viewed it. We'll get to that here in a moment. But just tell you a little bit about my trip, okay? Hey, Gary, how are you? How was your trip? Oh, that's right. Hi, I forgot. Do we have to go through all this stuff every show? How was the Hi, sock hop? I'm oh, Gary McNamara. He's there. Yeah. The sock hop was great. Fonzie was there. <laughs> Potsy. And it was, I mean, it was just a fun time. All, all the gals and guys... <laughs> it was swell. It was a it was a great sock hop. Uh, you know, you know the cool thing. Uh, you know, they the uh, what, for people that don't there, know. Was there a cool thing for 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 people that for people that didn't know? I went back to uh, 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 Buffalo just for thirty six hours, yeah. and man, did I sleep yesterday? I mean, I'm ready to go, <laughs> <Right>. but uh, <laughs> about about two o'clock in the afternoon yesterday, I went. Uh, I mean, the plane flights, everything was fine. I got in, yeah. but I only got two hours sleep last night. Right. The time I got home to my dad's house from the concert, it was 1230 in the morning, woke up at 230 to catch the plane back. So it was like, ah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I went to see a band, 70s band called Pablo Cruz. Yeah. Okay. So right. for, first, the thing was they had an you know opening act. Okay. And so we're sitting back, beautiful theater, beautiful mm. little theater, Riviera Theater, has one of the world's organs. One of the few in the world that still has oh, one. All right, uh, and they refurbished refurbished it, and it was great. And I went to see the seventies band Pablo Cruz. That all was right. great, by the way. Mm, and I didn't good. know that I didn't know two things mm. of that band. First yeah. off, Corey Lears, the keyboard player, who is the real reason I went to see because he's one of the most unbelievable keyboard players on the planet. Take a you know, and and wasn't really a huge fan. I had a discussion with a bunch of fans there. They're like, "We're there to see this." I go, "No, I'm here to these, see this tune, this tune, this tune." They're like, "We've never heard of those." It's like, well, yeah, that's the good stuff. Uh, but I didn't know he wrote all the stuff for Baywatch. Mm. Everything for Baywatch he wrote. Yeah. And the bass player, I've always looked at the bass player and go, that guy's familiar. Remember that thing you do? Mm-hmm. Remember the bass player that replaces yeah. the one guy when he you know, joins the Marines and is a no-show? Yeah. The guy they yeah, call yeah. Wolfman? Yeah. That's the bass player for Pablo Cruz. All right. <laughs> and so, but that's not the point. The The opening act, uh, some 
you know, some guy, Elliot Laurie, and it's like, I don't know, this old guy comes out with a guitar and we're, we're, we're back, we're back to where they're serving the beer and we're not even in our seats. Right. Well, it's the guy from Looking Glass who sang Brandy. Yeah. All right. Yeah. He was, and he just did for 40 minutes. He was great. He yeah. was actually great. We're like, it was like, wow, boy, I was wrong on this one. And as soon as the guy started singing, you went, that's his voice. Right. And turned to a couple of my friends and went, wow, it's just like, you know, it's almost the same impact as if you heard, you know, David Clayton Thomas from Blood, Sweat, and Tears, you right. know, sing right. something, that type mm-hmm. of distinct voice. Mm-hmm. But that's not even the point. The point is, so the show, the show's going on, then they have a break in between. Well, we go down to our seats. My buddy Jeff and I, they got four tickets, only three people went. Myself, my buddy Jeff, and, and our old buddy Dennis. We used to hang around together when we were teenagers in our early 20s. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we get down there, and we you know, take the first three seats, and I leave one seat. There's a guy there, and I go, well, if I'm going to be the first one in, we're going to leave that seat vacant next to me. I'm going to be able to stretch out here. Yeah, in case a girl shows up or something. Oh. Well, <clears throat> one did show up on it. Well, let me just, I'll just tell you this. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden we look, and there's this huge security guard at the other end of the aisle looking. He's looking straight at us. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, three huge security guards come up right next to my buddy Jeff, who's got the aisle seat, and look at it. You guys need to get up right now and get out. We're like, what? <laughs> For what? <laughs> I wanted to give the old the the Uncle Leo defense. We're old men. We haven't done anything wrong. What's you guys wearing on? MAGA hats? What happened? <laughs> so we so we get he, you know we get up and he goes over here over here and we look and I said he goes it's not you guys. What are you looking? He goes well it's the guy right there. He's doing something inappropriate. So my thing is it's a seventies you know basically Pablo Cruz a seventies you know rock act mm-hmm. and, I'm, and I said what. Is he doing drugs? Is he vaping? That's what I'm thinking. Is he because there was, I didn't smell any smoke? Yeah. <laughs> and he says he goes, no, he's looking at porn. And apparently during the first whole show, he's got the phone up. He's actually talking to a naked woman. He's got his earpieces on. He's got holding up the phone behind the rows for like a half hour. The the row behind him was like ten women. And he's looking at porn. Why did he even go to the show? I have no idea. It's like, what? And we go and we sit back down because they escort the guy right out. He's gone. I don't yeah. know whether they, I don't know whether he broke any laws. I, I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it may say, you know, no drugs, no this, uh, no, no shoes, no shirt, no service. It doesn't, there's no sign that says, don't look at porn. <laughs> well, and it, it also created havoc when when fifty other guys got the seats right behind them immediately. <laughs> when it was all, there was one guy, and the rest of the row was went was like all women that, yeah. and they yeah. would have said he started looking at it. We're like, well, this is amazing. Can can you not? If you have to do that, can you not do that at home? Yeah, it's like you. And Listen, there's no porn in a Pablo Cruz concert. Yeah. And these women were dying. They're absolutely like, like, what in the world? And we're looking going, so he was just, did anybody say anything to him? Well, we started talking to him loud, but he had the ear, he had his earpieces in and wasn't responding. And then we realized he was actually, ta- you know, talking live. I didn't even know you could do that. Apparently you can. You can talk live on your phone to, you know, I guess I've. 
communicating. He's communicating he's commu- with the person. He's communicating on the other end. with the naked woman on the other end. Sitting in his right hand, there's all these I, people I think behind. he showed up at the wrong place. Like maybe he thought he was at a different theater. I know. It's like, By the way, it's minute. also the third time in history a woman has said, Sir, you have ruined the Pablo Cruz experience yes. for me. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was... That was really, I mean, that that that's, was that's weird. Isn't that weird? And I'm just like, okay, I got to tell this story on the air. There's just some stories you have to you're tell. You're just a perv. What is wrong with you? But I will say this: uh, you know, reasons why we're not doomed. The guy that I met on the flight going to Buffalo, right from East Texas, mm-hmm. 34 years old, runs his own construction repair business, mm. has 15 employees. Yeah. Was yeah. in his before, and he did. He opened. He went into his own business right before COVID. Quit a great job. Said, "Nope, worked for a great company. They wouldn't. They would not promote me." Mm. And they said, "No, you're completely qualified." But there's people that you know that come before you because you haven't, you know, been here that long. Right. And he just said, "Okay, I'm not going to wait. I'm done." Goes into his own business. Has 15 employees now. He was being flown, uh, you know, to. Uh, outside of New York to fix, I guess, some huge farm equipment. Mm, wow. But he's got employees, but he is just so well-known at this young age that he flies out, fixes it. They fly him out, yeah. fly him back. Right. And and he, this guy was just so impressive, so impressive, 34 years old. And I went, okay. And we've said this before, you know, when we talk you know, about young people today, and there is a different, you know, generational thought process for many of young people today right? from the way that most of us were brought up. But we've always said there are those young people that get it. And I know that. Yeah. I, I know some of that do. And this guy got it. It's the opposite of quiet quitters. And you see a lot of that, by the way. Um, you know, there was kind of a, a chuckle when, what was it? It was a couple of years ago. When young people said the number one job that they wanted, what the thing they wanted to be when they, you know, got into the workforce, their career, they wanted to be a YouTube content creator. But what you've actually seen, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with wanting to do that, but the question is, what are you going to do? And what you see, and I noticed this over the weekend because I actually have a friend who ended up on a YouTube channel. They, He's not a big YouTuber. He has a YouTube channel himself, but his primary business is is as a mechanic and it's funny that you say that because he was also flown out to utah to fix something for somebody the guy flew him out he said he paid me a lot of money to come out and and fix something he couldn't get a handle on and the entrepreneurial spirit is very much alive and you see that Uh, sometimes it is with content creators uh there are a few you don't have to be mr beast uh although it would be nice you don't have to be Mr. Beast to be bringing in enough income to for that to be your primary income. But a lot of guys, what they're doing is they're basically turning their cameras on while they're doing whatever they're doing. And then the, the channel might create something. Maybe it goes somewhere, maybe it doesn't. But it's an entrepreneurial spirit either way. And that's quite the opposite of the quiet quitters. And that's something that is one of those... you. The, I won't say glimmer of hope because it's it's more than a glimmer. I think it is that people are looking, and I don't know how much of this changed or or maybe was nurtured during the COVID thing, but 
you feel one of two things during the COVID thing, I believe. You feel like, oh, my gosh, the world is, you know, it's the fear starts to really build. We saw that. We saw that especially with adolescence. But you also see the, wait a minute, I may have to do something on my own. Maybe I can't rely on the company that I work for. Maybe mm-hmm. I can't be an employee. Maybe I should be go out there and, and find my own way. Maybe I should start this. Maybe I should do this. If I really want to make a change, maybe now's the time to do it. And you are seeing that uh, more and more, this, this um, uh, you know, growth, new spawn, really, of entrepreneurs. I actually watched a gamer. Uh, and Because I had to find out. It, it floated to the top of my interest on YouTube. I don't know why. But I watched this kid play a kid. He's in his 30s. I watched this guy play video games. He had 6,000 people watching him. That may not sound like a lot back when Facebook Live first started. That really wasn't a lot. Most people had 10, 15,000. Most of the big ones, the gamers had 10 or 15,000. Watching them play a video game. So you're watching somebody else. That still boggles my mind. It has it's zero interest to me. But what is interesting is, all right, what do you do from here? And then he brought in two other gamers uh, to, to play the game with him. So they're in different parts of the country. They're playing online together like gamers do. But these people have real followings. I checked out another channel of another guy that was on with him. And these they're they're absolutely crushing it. But they have this entrepreneurial spirit, and they talk about the products that they, you know, their merchandise and everything else. Those are the kinds of spirits that you want because they look at it, and then they say, all right, what happens? What do they run into inevitably? Well, how do I protect the wealth that I'm creating? And when you look at that, then it starts to become really the conservative playbook when it comes to regulation and Mm -hmm. and everything else. But as long as that entrepreneurial spirit is is alive in those generations, uh, you're you're seeing stand up comedians more and more. They're not they're not they don't believe anymore that you have to move to New York City or L.A. You know, there's still some of that, but you can you get your manager, you get to a central location, you can you can basically dispatch or even drive to certain clubs within that region, and that's the kind of entrepreneurial spirit that will bring things back how far it goes i don't know but it is interesting to watch that and have people go from this mindset of you know and a lot of people do it and and they're just fine but i really think something may have clicked during COVID. it was like you know what i can't rely on others and i know that i can build this business i know that i can do this i know this can be great revenue for me and again it doesn't have to be massive kind of money you know millions and millions but the two gamers that I watched, their their net worth is somewhere between six and ten million dollars each, and they play video games all day. So what you're saying to wrap up this segment is, all social media content providers don't have to be porn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, there's and there's the other thing. I mean, it's just you see a lot of uh, models that you know that are on even YouTube. And they're not doing nudity. They're not doing that kind of thing. All they're doing is, you know, showing off dresses or whatever, or here's how I did my makeup and everything else. And all of a sudden, they they build this interest. But that entrepreneurial spirit, 
where they and, and it really for me is fascinating when they take something they've been doing for years, not video games, but like right. as a mechanic or mm-hmm. a fabricator. Yeah. And then they take that and they create content because there is interest for that. That's fascinating to me. We got a great show and so much to cover here. Wow. I, I will tell you what the number one issue was mm. when I was in New York. All the right. Number one issue. Mm. And it was mm. the uh, migrants being sent there. The yeah. number yeah. one issue. And so the only county, which is Erie County in, in Buffalo, which mm-hmm. is the big county mm-hmm. that accepted migrants, now is no longer accepting migrants wow. after two wow. sexual assaults. Wow. It is just, that was the number one top. We talked about this. That this is really one of the underlying topics that, that isn't being discussed of how this might affect the election in 24. Mm, yeah. So we'll get to that and more. Plus Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, uh, <laughs> Merrick Garland. Weiss. Weiss, what a mess. Yeah. Well, no, it's not a mess. It's what they want. This is exactly yeah, what they exactly want. exactly what they want. Yep. Eight six six ninety red eye This preventative maintenance tip is brought to you by Hotshot Secret, the country's number one fastest growing oil and additive company. If you've been driving a diesel any length of time, you know diesel fuel quality can be an issue. There are U.S. standards that diesel fuel is supposed to meet, like cetane number, lubricity, a.k.a. wear protection, deposit control. But oftentimes, the fuel at the pump falls short. Let's highlight diesel fuel's lubricity. Diesel fuel in the United States must have enough lubricity so the fuel does not produce a wear scar greater than 520 microns. Without the proper lubrication, you run the risk of fuel pump and injector failures. This is why a premium additive is needed to keep lubricity levels in spec, to keep the fuel system protected and avoid costly repairs and downtime. Add Hotshot Secret Everyday Diesel Treatment, a 6-in-1 fuel booster at every fill-up to keep your fuel's lubricity within specification of U.S. standards and the Engine Manufacturers Association's recommendation for lubricity to keep your fuel system protected. Learn more about the science behind diesel fuel and Hotshot Secret's Everyday Diesel Treatment at HotshotSecret.com. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen.
It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And so uh, it goes back uh, weeks uh, ago. I I don't know exactly the time frame on it because we had talked about it when New York started accepting, uh, you know, started saying, okay, we're going to send the New York City, we're going to send the migrants all over New York State. Mm -hmm. And you had many of the counties. I would say probably the majority of the counties in New York say, absolutely not. We will not take them. Mm. And we, I had talked about, because I had been back to see Dad, and I just said, whoa, every single county except Erie County, which is where Buffalo is located, that has a, you know, a, a Democrat county executive, uh, everyone said no. They said yes. Now, it was covered, and there was outrage. Yeah, sure. Uh, when when it, it, first, uh, it first happened. And so they started, you know, putting the migrants in hotels around Buffalo. Mm. Well, a couple of weeks ago, there was a sexual assault. And then last week, there was a second sexual assault. And first, the county executive called in the National Guard to do it. It's all over. It's the number one story. Mm. It is the number one story. And then they told New York City, don't send any more. We're done. Well, we're temporarily not going to take them anymore because of it. But the outrage is so great. And what you got, the, the buzz was, this is such a political nightmare for this county executive who agreed to do it when other counties did not. And this is where, and I guess my point is not on just this issue, but when you look forward to the 2024 election, and and we're talking congressional races and everything else, sure. that the local media may be covering something that the national media does not at all because it right. has local implications. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's it, it's something you talked about in the last election cycle, and it is something that all candidates on every level have to be aware of. Get a word in edgewise. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, so I, one of the reasons that I'm always happy to go back, not that I want to spend a lot of time in New York and not that I want to live there and pay the taxes that they have there, yeah. because when I start talking to people, that's the complaint that they have all the time is, you're able to, when, whenever I go back, I'm able to see how the local media is covering things. And we, you and I, we've, we've talked and spent a lot of time. In fact, I had a conversation with a couple of my uh, uh, New York buddies, you know, that are pretty depressed about everything that's going on, whether it's in New York State or in just general. They're not happy campers at all. And I said what, what you and I have said a few times, that the reason, even though I do proudly were, my we're doomed t-shirt one mm-hmm. of the reasons we're not doomed and we mentioned some of the young people that we know and the incentive they have to make it and work and uh, have great work ethic and everything else and i had this conversation with that the young man nick who i met on the plane the other day mm-hmm. and, yeah. and i said the the one thing is what you're seeing is because he just like you know it's so not going to stop him from doing what he's doing but he looks you know and he lives in texas but he's looking at the rest of the world said my god how do they do it you know what 
what's going to go on. Is there any hope? And he was talking about his kids who are young. Mm. He said, and you think about it. What kind of a world are we, you know, what kind of world are they going to face when they're my age? Right. And, and as I told him, uh, it's the same thing that we told everybody else. The one positive of what's going on is the whole abstract, you know, hitting reality. And that's where we are right now. The reality, everything that the Democrats have promoted, and I think when it comes to modern talk radio, both you and I have the advantage of seeing how this has been promoted for the last 30 years, that it was promoted, if you do it our way, it's going to work. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. flawed economic uh, uh, concepts. Raising costs doesn't affect how, you know, how a business runs. Taxing the rich has no effect whatsoever except a positive effect. Mm -hmm. Well, we know those things aren't true. In New York, part of the discussion is, what are we going to do with all the billionaires leaving? That was one of the discussions that was going on, even in the media. Right. The rich are leaving. If the rich leaves, they pay so much of the taxes that are there. Have we set ourselves up? And the other thing is, it is no longer... Illegal immigration and border policies have been an abstract issue for all of these liberal states until DeSantis and Abbott started saying, oh, we're going to give you want a free ticket. You want to go to New York? You want to go here? Here you go. Would you like to do this? You can go. We will pay for it. Yeah. And when there I was just 36 hours and everywhere only thing people were talking about if they were talking about the news was the migrant situation in the hotels the national guard being called in and the uh the 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 uh, the, the fact that first off they called the national guard in to guard the hotels mm. to be security for the hotels right. this is a state of emergency now right, right something that they voluntarily and this was in Erie County in New York voluntarily said, no, we're going to do it because we're kind and compassionate. Uh Are they no longer kind and compassionate? Or were the other counties that said, no, we're not going to do it, were they being kind and compassionate to their constituents and and to, to American citizens? And then with the two sexual assaults that happened in Erie County, uh, from, uh, migrants that were, uh, staying in the hotels, the county executive tells Adams and tells the state, don't send us any more. We're done with the migrants. And then it came out, well, we're temporarily done with the migrants. Uh-huh. And you're like, you see the political backlash there. No, they're done taking They're it. done. They're done. And the fact of the matter is, is that liberals used to get away with it because abstract versus reality was years down the road. Yes, it's exactly. still yep. being done that way with things like the EV mandate in California. You're right. No, you're, it is 2035. Why not 2025? Well, that's just that's not reasonable. What you don't you you don't care about the planet? I care more than you do. Why not 2025? Well, the reason is is because it won't even be possible in 2035. But it won't matter because Gavin Newsom will no longer be the governor. Right. If it's 20. 20- 
If they could do the mandate in 2025, they don't because they understand that the real world will hit and it yep. will be a disaster. It will, it will, and and it, it it could, will hit them politically. It could yes. affect their next election. Exactly. Right. So right. throw it all the way down the road. Yeah, you got to give him, he's got to have time to try and become president and that whole thing before that mandate hits. And, and inevitably what they'll do is, and this is what they often do is, well, yeah, but the big oil companies stopped us. They took us to court. You know, Joe Biden on the Weather Channel last week. Well, they, yeah, but the, the courts, the courts, but I'm still trying. I'm We're still trying to push it through. No, you're not. You know you're going to lose. Sorry, I just... That's just hilarious to say he won't do any interviews. Joe Biden on the Weather Channel. And, and how long did that go? I mean, it just seemed like it went on forever, that interview. And then, is that their excuse? Listen, he's had sit-down. He's had three hours worth of sit-down sit interviews recently. Yeah, but they were all on the Weather Channel. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is a perfect example here of the the abstract mm-hmm. finally hitting reality mm-hmm. and as we have stated uh you know I didn't see it as a national story on the networks yesterday but it doesn't mean it doesn't affect every single area cuz every single area where the migrants are in every single one has become a major local story so even though you see headlines over the weekend you know, for example, the mainstream media and and our our friend from Newsbusters getting a lot of credit for that over the weekend for writing a story on it that was quoted Kevin Tober, um, that uh, I think uh, Newsmax you know uh, mentioned that he's the one that you know had had to do the work. Oh my, how does he do that? I mean, we we've talked about it before. He said he loves it, but he's got to sit there and watch the yeah. the liberal news networks all the time. Yeah. I mean, what a now he enjoy- this shows you that there are people that will do any job. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> and like it. You talk. He, they should put. They should put Kevin Tober on dirty jobs. I was going to say <laughs> Mike Rowe would have a field day with this. But how do you actually get through your day after? What do right. you do? What do? You, how do you? What do? You, how and does this work? And he did, he did the story on the 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 media. Nobody covered the fact that the Gold Star parents and family members are accusing Biden of lying about Afghanistan. Right. That is just yeah. a complete complete blackout. But as we've seen, it doesn't really doesn't matter. You see, and we'll get to the polling on Hunter and Joe Biden and everything else coming up here in a little bit, and you see it keeps getting worse and worse and worse, yeah. even yeah. though the d- Democrats are trying to sell a narrative, and the media really doesn't wish to cover the, uh, the, the story. But what we forget about is we may not view something and say, okay, wow, this is no buzz nationally. But what you don't understand is on the local levels, the local TV stations, especially on the migrants. I mean, they are covering this thing, and people are just furious. Mm-hmm. And it may not be the number one national story, but it is the number one story, for example, in Erie County in New York, where they accepted the migrants and after two sexual assaults are now saying they won't and calling in the National Guard. I mean, local news eats this kind of stuff up. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing is that you've got a local story that that is bound to dominate because it has, you know, it, it, it this immediacy in it. This is not, again, some abstract. Well, what do the people think if migrants were to start showing up? What do they think? Well, no, you've had, as you mentioned, two sexual assaults in recent weeks. 
Well, that is not going to fly with locals. You've already got, uh, there was a story, I think it was the New York Post over the weekend. You've got countless people in New York City saying this is way out of hand. Way out of hand. You've got hotels in New York City now that are dedicated only to housing migrants. And, you know, this happened in a very short fashion years ago when there was the um, surge at the border and and a couple of the major cities opened up schools for the migrants. They were going to stay there. And locals were furious. I think the national news doesn't cover in the way that local news does how furious locals are. There's some of it. But I don't think you're seeing anything of of maybe a fraction of what is going on locally with this whole situation. Here it is, uh, uh, Cheektowaga, chief of police. Uh, Cheektowaga is a suburb of Buffalo. That's where that's where one of the the uh, place that they put the migrants is was in a residential area. Hmm. Okay. And so uh, Cheektowaga, a lot of lot of uh, Native American names. Yeah, I grew up in the town of Tonawanda, which means the town of Swift Water. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cheektowaga, another suburb. Cheektowaga Chief of Police Brian Gould is asking for the immediate discontinued use of the Best Western Hotel on Dingen Street where the assaults occurred. The hotel is located in a residential neighborhood and is not only causing safety concerns for nearby residents, but also quality of life issues, said Gould. Now listen to this. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's making it on local news all over the place, Mm. especially TV news. Yeah. Well, yeah, what kind of an idiot would place unvetted migrants in a residential area? I cannot add police presence in that neighborhood without taking it away from another neighborhood, and that should not happen, said Gould. Uh, the Erie County Executive, Mark Polencarts, who's he's the one taking the pressure because he's the one that allowed it. Yeah, sure. Called for repayment of the cost associated with securing the hotels and neighborhoods. He's in full CYA mode considering the restrictions to uh, the asylum seekers coming into Erie he got from residents in the first place. I demanded Mayor uh, Adams pause all further transportation of asylum seekers to our community till such time as we can resolve all the security issues. Well, it's not security issues now. It's politics. It's public opinion on it. Yeah. Even in liberal Erie County. Yep. Okay, I want to make it clear. I just realized that I read that wrong. Mm. Uh, the police chief did not say that was the comment in the article. Well, yeah, what kind of an idiot would place an unvetted migrants in a residential area? They had that right between all the quotes. Okay. Like they, all he right. did not say that. Okay. But not happy. Not, no. hap- not no. happy at all. And and uh, you could feel it. Like I said, you could feel it. I talked to a few people on it. They're just livid. Just livid. Just got into the conversation. Hey, what's... Oh, did you hear the thing on the microphone? Yeah, can you believe it? You just see the reaction that they have. Mm-hmm. They're livid on it. Yeah. They may not volunteer to you. You bring it up, it's top of mind. Mm-hmm. And so those are the kind of things that you look at and say, all right, that's where uh, reality has hit, um, as uh, we uh, we call it, uh, what do we call now? The abstract, the abs- versus, abstract, abstract versus reality. Sorry, I didn't get any sleep over the weekend. Uh, yeah. the, the abstract hitting the reality. Well, no, I mean, that's that's it. And and there used to be a, a good stretch of time between the two, and now there's not. 
There yeah, just isn't. But you're right, though. I, th- I thought you brought up a great example of something that was that was still abstract, yeah, which right. is EVs, because most people haven't been forced to buy one yet. Right. But what isn't abstract is the cost of cars, cost by the subsidizing yeah, yeah. Uh, of EVs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, by the gas-powered vehicles that you buy. Right. So that cost is affecting it. But many people might just say, well, that's just the cost of the vehicle. They haven't tied it in yet. Well, the only reason you're paying that for a gas-powered vehicle is because you are subsidizing for the electric vehicles that are mandated by the state. Right. Take that out of the equation. Take the mandates away. And you've got something very different. But we'll uh, we'll show you that even, you know, for example, on the Hunter Biden thing coming up following the top of the hour, the worst news and we'll go through everything and why they're doing it following the top of the hour. But the worst news is the polling. Yeah. They're still trying. And they know, you can see, they're evolving, evolving, evolving because they know nobody believes them. And well, even Jamie Raskin yeah, came out yeah. and said, oh, Biden did some really unlawful, Hunter Biden said some really unlawful things. I'm like, oh, did some really unlawful things. I'm right. thinking to myself, okay, here we go. Yeah. This is time to throw Hunter under the bus There's and the try to build right that wall. Build a wall around Joe. But you can't. You, There's you know, no way. You brought up the greatest thing, and we'll talk about this coming mm-hmm. up next. All right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the top of the hour, we'll get to everything with uh, the Hunter and uh, and Joe Biden situation, which obviously you can see over the weekend. I think mm. you and I agree on this. Mm. It's okay. There's nothing we can do about Hunter. Time to start throwing him under the bus, yep. and we need to build a wall uh, for Joe Biden. But as you stated, if you go after Hunter Biden, who else do you have to go after? The rest of the family that also had money in their accounts. Yep. So the question would be, is their play going to be, will Hunter set those accounts up without their approval? (laughs) Really? (laughs) And they just stayed there. And the banks knew that? I got questions. A lot of them. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is is Red Eye Radio 
all across the USA and around the world. We are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today, and you can listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. And thank you. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention. What? When I was gone over the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> I think the high one day, uh, well, I was only there one day. <laughs> the, the high Saturday got to 80. All right. There you go. That was it, 80. Yeah. And so I was thinking of We didn't you. even get down to 80. <laughs> well, I just I was just looking because we have a massive cold front moving in here to uh, it could North be Texas. 71, 72 degrees uh, coming up. What is it, Monday night or Tuesday night? I'm looking right here. Today's high is only going to be 96. And to put that into perspective, right now it's 93 degrees. Yeah. And so the high is only going to be 96. And then the overnight uh, lows are going to be in the... 75, and then Tuesday, 95 and 70, yeah. and then Wednesday, 97, 73, and then, look at the, look at this, we go from 97, Thursday and Friday, 107, 108. Yeah, yeah, like right back, like it <laughs> right. snaps right back. It's like, come on, can't you just go to 101 or 102? Why does it got to yeah. go up that high? No, it just goes, it, it, yeah. it's, it's, it's like a horrible tease, yeah. But uh, I'll take it. I I was out. We were running around uh, yesterday, Sunday. You know, the thing is, is we've just had a really good breeze going. Yeah, that's true. That makes yeah. all the difference. It really does. Your turbine vents in your house, if you have those, those work. Uh, that helps keep your attic cooler. That helps keep the house cooler. It's drier air. It has been, for the most part, drier air. Uh my sister, she lives west of here a few hours, and out where they live, they uh, they had some, she took some pictures, some thunderstorms. I don't know if it was one of these. There have been what they call these dry thunderstorms, where you have lightning and you have a few clouds. You really don't have much rain and sometimes no rain at all. I didn't get from her that they had like a ton of rain, but we in the region, there has been rain. Oklahoma's had some rain. Uh, and, you know, that's been, I'm sure, a relief for a lot of people. But for the most part, we've been dry as a bone. Yeah. Uh, in in the yeah. Dallas-Fort Worth area, we've had no rain. So there we were going to the driving range early Saturday morning, myself and my great-nephew. Yeah. And he's like, because it's drizzling out. Oh, it's yeah. drizzling, and it's like 75. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is the best thing on the planet right now that's perfect nothing. running weather by the way i would love that yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. nothing can beat this and yeah then uh just as we were finishing up oh, it just a monsoon came and we got pretty we got pretty soaked but it was yeah. still yeah. i didn't care it was like and all these people are like hiding and i saw this one guy walk by he was like shivering my yeah. God, oh my gosh it's still, yeah it's august uh but it is it is buffalo so um yeah just very briefly, you notice that the politics now starting on the wildfires already. Yeah, oh, sure, sure. You know, yeah, it's yeah. climate change. It's this yeah. and the denying of this. Yeah, and- locally in in Hawaii, they had already started that. Uh, I think it was. I don't remember if it was one of the mayors or senator, l- lieutenant governor, one of the senate. Yeah, the yeah. senator, one of the senators said it, uh, and the lieutenant governor, and and they basically go down. Well, you know, climate change is here. Those are those, that's basically been their push. Um, you know, it's a 
it's a horrific scene. You look at it, and when you look at the loss of you know so much there in in Maui and 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 Maui County, Lahaina is just the town of Lahaina just gone, and you know it's it's devastating. It it is absolutely devastating for these people. And there's going to be some relief for some of the agriculture uh, folks there. Some of the farmers are going to get some relief. And I'm guessing there's going to be, you know, plenty of relief for for rebuilding uh, some of the businesses and homes. But, you know, there's stuff you can't recreate. You know, there's there's things you can rebuild. But recreating something after a fire uh, is not there's a lot of stuff that you just can't do. You can't replace it. And we know the left wants to jump on what the immediate cause was, and we Mm -hmm. tend not to do that, whether it's a trial or whether it's something like this, until you get the actual information Mm -hmm. uh, uh, in on it. I did see the Wall Street Journal article that said they were warned this was going to happen, and they didn't fully prepare for it. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't that they didn't cut down some vegetation, but, you know, you saw that one of the, things possibly being blamed as electric wires yeah Hmm. yeah and whatever well that shouldn't be around if you have high you know high voltage electric wires that should not be where anything could be you know and we know electric wires cross a lot of different areas but if you know because they said twice they've been warned in 2010 i think and then 2018 Hmm. how susceptible they were to wildfires so this did not just come as an accident the warnings have been out there but we'll see where it uh, eventually uh, ends. But we know, I mean, we live in an area. We live in an area where you can have, you know, wildfires. Yeah. Now, maybe not as bad as in California, but there has been much discussion when it comes to allowing, you know, vegetation to grow in such areas and, and, and uh, you know, not clearing out force and things like that that help force fires and wildfires that you, if you're going to, look, man is going to be around. Man's yeah. not going to disappear. We know the left wishes for them to disappear. They're not going to. Mm-hmm. And so if man's not going to disappear, there are things that have happened through the history of the world. One of them is wildfires. And yeah. if you're going to put yep. people in a certain uh, particular area, you need not only to do whatever you can when it comes to clearing out vegetation, but you have to have specific plans for that emergency and evacuation. Yeah. That was part of the sure. criticism that the Wall Street Journal had uh, uh, on the situation in uh, in Maui. But we'll wait and see. We're not going to do what everybody else, well, what the left does, which is jump on it. It's climate change. There should be people that should be very angry at somebody for jumping on that. Yep. As they yep. The, the politicians have. Yep. Uh, and it's, you know, and, and uh, again... When you have dry areas and you have you're in a hurricane area, and winds can get up there high, you're going to have problems. It's yeah, like we're yeah. but the last month we've been paying attention here. I had we had a you know a, a grass fire which you know I guess didn't become a wildfire, but they closed down roads. They did everything right around where I lived late last week, mm-hmm. and when I left on Friday, that road was still but one direction. It was still closed down. Mm. And and so it's something that uh, happens and uh, drought and floods uh, d- just because they exist 
and wildfires exist as we brought as Bjorn Lumberg brought last week or two weeks ago when we started talking about it. They're down since two thousand. Yeah. They're not increasing worldwide. Right. It's down the amount of wildfires. But again, it's how the media covers something and uh the the panic that they throw into their reports. Hmm. And not that it wasn't horrible what happened, but they take something like that and say that's indicative of the fact that there are more wildfires and more places burning, and that's not true. Right. And yeah. so, who's who's wrong when you say let's let's see how you know you know what the situation is, or somebody with the lack of information simply screaming and throwing out panic rhetoric and then lying about the situation worldwide in order to give governments more power over capital. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, you look at it, and the Hawaii fire is now the deadliest wildfire in over a century. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then you ask the question, all right, what about the process in the event of another fire like this? What about the process of getting people, evacuating people from the area? It it has to be inherently more difficult because of the nature of the islands. So then you factor that in, and the question is, what is the evacuation plan? Was there what type of evacuation plans did they have in place? What worked? What didn't? I mean, this is what comes out of things like this. You have to learn, and if you don't, then you're you're going to repeat it. If it happens again, it will be deadly again. Uh, and uh, I was reading an op-ed piece in the Wall Street Journal about uh, the fire uh, in Maui and the lesson of Greece mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and talking about uh, that on an island, which is much like Maui, that has, yeah. you know, the sort of the same kind of weather and everything else, mm-hmm. that their evacuation plan was completely different. Now, mm-hmm. I don't want to jump on that and say that that was the cause because right. there's a lot of right. variables between the two islands exactly. that I might not know about. Sure. But that's the point that they're making, that this didn't have to be this way if there was more preparation. And we'll see if that's the final analysis that comes out on it. Right. And logistically, it might right. be the case where it's always going to be difficult. Um, but the fact of the matter is, is that you look to learn in any way that you can. You have to. And we'll see what they learn here. Just for I'll just read you a little bit. It says, uh, critics are questioning the emergency response and the effectiveness of the evacuations as in other disasters. Comparisons with practices elsewhere are helpful and provide perspective. Consider Rhodes, Greece, an island roughly the same length and width as Maui. Its economy depends almost entirely on tourism, with about 2.5 million visitors in 2022, about the same number as Maui. Maui is a typical uh, tropical Polynesian island. Rhodes is subtropical and by eastern Mediterranean standards, quite wooded and wet. Last month, several fires broke out in Rhodes, and there were big differences in crisis management. In Maui, about 11,000 tourists were evacuated, mainly from two locales. In Rhodes, between twenty to 30,000 people were evacuated from 12 locations in a single day. The fires in Maui burned for two days, in Rhodes for eight. In Rhodes, about 1,500 were evacuated from beaches in fewer uh, in Maui, fewer than 20 in Rhodes, local residents, the Red Cross and the Greek Civilian Protection delivered humanitarian supplies to evacuees in Maui. 
Some survivors reportedly had to buy their own mattresses and pillows. In Rhodes, there was only one casualty, a volunteer firefighter. There were evacuation orders from the Greek uh, Emergency Communication Service, known as 112. In addition to being a single emergency number, uh, like 911, the, 12, uh, the 112 service encompasses a national integrated public alert and warning system, which provides emergency information to the public throughout mobile and landline phones. The service doesn't require an app or a subscription. The message go to all cell phones in the area in Greek and in English. In Maui, many people didn't receive timely warnings from the local system, which relies on a series of sometimes confusing social media posts. According to the Associated Press, some survivors have reportedly received no warning messages before the fire reached them, while others said messages appeared and then disappeared from their mobile phones Hmm. and they couldn't find instructions. You know, I was sitting home the other day, I was talking to my father, and all of a sudden I went, "Uh uh-oh, it's a perfectly sunny day. Hmm. But the... the, uh, used to be called the tornado warning uh, sirens. Now it's the bad weather sirens came mm-hmm. on or emergency sirens. Mm. And as soon as I heard it, I went, oh, my gosh, what's that? And then I look, I go, oh, it's Tuesday, 1 o'clock. It's when they test. Mm-hmm. But immediately I was like, is there a message on my phone? Because we get those messages here. If something mm-hmm. happens, well, I'll mm-hmm. get a message on my phone. Mm-hmm. You will get also the sirens would go off. And then at that point... I would go to my phone and check out, you know, DFW scanners and what they call it, you know, scanner, well, mm-hmm. not scanner. Scanners was the movie. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and, and check it. But you see that more emergency management crisis is being put on cell phones, which is a good idea. Uh, yeah, sure. I mean, if you get, if you get every single Amber alert, whether it occurs near you or 500 miles away somewhere in Texas, mm-hmm. you certainly can do it for wildfires. I will say this, though. The grass fire that we had, I can't remember how I learned about it. Oh, I didn't know. No, I did not get it. And it happened about five miles from me. I did not get a phone alert. I saw it on the news when mm-hmm. I woke up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which shocked me a little bit. It was like, right. there was no notice. You got nothing. Mm. You know, because it happened, you know, right in the area that I, the recreational area where I live is where it happened. And, didn't get anything yeah and you wonder why not that seems to be quite a quite a simple thing to do now since you have an amber warning warning set up because you know that's one of the complaints when people say you know i get amber warnings all the time and some of them are hundreds of miles away from me Mm -hmm. yeah i know that um in fact a lot of the vehicle systems the oems have put in these warning things to uh to help with basically with traffic but i was traveling on a highway in texas uh last spring early summer and there was a wildfire that had crossed the highway and so they had part of that highway shut down and so that warning came up before it was probably about two miles i was probably about two miles out of a warning that you know you're you may be stuck or you're gonna have to go around and but you know the technology is definitely there now it gets down to the, all right, you've got to build the warning system out to the people who are affected, might be affected directly, depending on the perimeter, or d- depending on the distance between those people and that emergency, in this case, a wildfire. Because if you keep sending it out and it's like, well, that's not even affecting me right now, people start to ignore it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's, there's your balance. 866-90-RED-EYE. 
Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella with advanced synthetic technology. For more information, go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Overdrive's Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on Business 101 and many other topics. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. All right, coming up following the bottom of the hour, Hunter Biden. I like what you said, though. I haven't heard anyone else say that. Yeah, you know, it's one thing to build a wall around Joe, but how do you build a wall around the other family members? Because if you're going after Hunter, we know that there were other accounts with other family members that had money funneled into them. So if you're throwing Hunter under the bus then by default you have to throw the rest of the family who was involved right. under the bus. Right, because Jamie Raskin even said, he, well, after he tried to change the topic, he even said Hunter did unlawful things. Right. Well, if Hunter did unlawful things, and those things that he did that were wrong, and part of his corruption was taking the money, mm-hmm. well, then the money made its way to at least nine Biden family members Is the entire Biden family corrupt except for Joe? And what was the entire family selling? Why did the grandchildren get money? What service were they selling? Exactly. What was the business? This is the problem that they have. Well, it's it's um, it was a big move of desperation, but it's far too late in the process for them to pull this off effectively the way they believe will be effective when i first heard it i went wow and nobody seemed to get this this just and maybe somebody said it and i just didn't hear because i was on a plane mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. else that day but uh <laughs> garland was forced to do this because of the republican investigation well no this is the first thing that came to mind that they were getting you know uh they were getting too close to joe So there was really no other play here but to throw in a special prosecutor and cut off the GOP. You're listening to Red Eye Radio. From the Uniden America Studios.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you for uh, uh, being here. So, yeah, the, the, you had said it in our pre-show meeting when you said, well, if they appointed Weiss, as, and we'll get into all that in just a moment, but if they appointed Weiss as the special counsel, um, I believe they did it. And it and it proves that Republicans are doing a legit job, because if the yeah. Republicans weren't doing a legit job in finding wrongdoing, right, and and making people well, wait a minute, there's these twenty fake corporations that were set up, money is flowing all into the Biden family here. Mm-hmm. Joe's been consistently lying. The story keeps uh you know uh, uh, evolving. Mm-hmm. As the Democrats say, there's nothing here, there's nothing here. And all of a sudden, there's a special counsel on Hunter Biden and the same special counsel that was the uh, federal attorney that tried to cut a sweetheart deal with him is the guy who becomes the special counsel. Mm -hmm. And then you hear more Democrats coming out and stating, well, Hunter did wrong. Jamie Raskin, Hunter did some very unlawful and wrong things. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, all right, now it's time to throw Hunter under the bus in an attempt to protect Joe. There's no other reason to do it. He was asked a question specifically. He wouldn't answer any questions. Garland turns around and walks away. Yeah. And the question is, you're going to be investigating the president. That's a legit question. Yes. And it came back from the Department of Justice. This is focused on Hunter. Well, that means then, hey, the Republicans are fine to look at Joe then and call any witnesses that they want. But... You you made the greatest point when you said, by doing this separation of Hunter from Joe, well, the rest of the family has gotten tens of millions of dollars from Hunter. If Hunter is corrupt and has done unlawful things, this means the rest of the family has, which begs the question, is the entire Biden family corrupt and the whole image... The whole whole illusion <laughs> of influence peddling is there within the entire family? Or is that what you're trying to say? That's a hard sell for the American people. I don't know. <laughs> if Joe Biden can turn his back repeatedly on $330 million, what's a dozen more? He's repeatedly turned his back on this nation, literally and figuratively, Okay. Oh, so you're saying he turned his back on his family, so they decided to make money off but the no, illusion? No, he turned, if he can turn his back on all of America, well, that's 330 million-plus people. Well, then he can certainly throw in a dozen more. Who cares if they're related, Jack? This is, this is it's, it, it's the very arrogance of Joe Biden, once again, jumping to the forefront. A couple of things here, too. They got too close to the fire during the Trump years, and all of a sudden there was an impeachment on on Trump. They the, got the, the Biden fight. They got they got way right. too close to what Biden what was going on in Ukraine with Biden, and so they had to all of a sudden run to Adam Schiff's office and make the impeachment happen, and it did. The GOP gets way too close to Biden once again on Ukraine and other nations. And what do you do? You have to throw out the 
the special prosecutor card. It's the only play that they had, and it's a desperate attempt to save the president. Because, and, you know, we, we talked about it. There were some talk in conservative circles, and uh, one of the whistleblowers was talking about, you know, he thinks it should be, there should be a special prosecutor. Well, the fact of the matter is, is what this does, what this does for them, what they think it will do is shelve this whole thing until after next year's election. What it doesn't do is shelter this president politically because the fact that of when they did it and and how all this went down, the GOP was edging closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to connecting the dots, and they threw down the special prosecutor card. It's a desperate play, and it's right. very apparent. It may stop the process or hit the brakes in terms of prosecuting Hunter. But it's not going to politically change anything. In fact, I think it hurts Joe Biden the way this this is a two tier justice system. And if you had any questions leading up until now, Friday sealed the deal for you. There's no way it didn't. Uh, And. Uh, some interesting talk over the weekend that uh, Comer said, this isn't going to stop us. We're still calling all the witnesses. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, about, you know, this this is to protect Weiss from having to testify because of his special counsel. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have to testify. And there was some great talk saying, but if the Republicans start an impeachment inquiry, that's officially at that point. The impeachment inquiry is looking for, because impeachment, even though it's a political process, impeachment constitutional-wise looks for law-breaking, wrongdoing, and specifically bribery. Yep. And at that point, if the special counsel is only looking at Hunter, he is free to talk about Joe. Yep. And that's the point that was brought up by the, by the um, attorney general, and the Department of Justice making clear this is they're not looking at Joe Biden. They're only looking at Hunter. Mm-hmm. If the Democrats wish to make that separation, it allows the Republicans to make that separation yep. Yep. and say, well, we're not looking at Hunter. Hunter is leading to Joe. We're looking at Joe's wrongdoing. Right. And that's where you can call Weiss and you can call every single one of the other witnesses that you wish to call. And the courts will probably side most likely side with because you go all the way up to the Supreme Court on this. You must testify be, you know, before it uh, because they'd simply say, well, wait a minute. The special counsel and the attorney general are saying this. They're looking into Hunter. They're not looking right. into Joe. Right. It's a complete you're free to testify to the to this because it's an official impeachment inquiry. And Congress does have that constitutional power to do it. So. That's the belief is that they will retain, you know, that power to go after Joe and they're actually helping because if they said. And the Department of Justice can't say it, if the Department of Justice comes out and says we are looking at Joe Biden. Well, then uh, if we're looking at Joe Biden, well, if Congress is doing the same thing, some of the courts might say, well, okay, you need to give deference to the special counsel. I don't believe there's anything constitutionally that says you have to do it because they could still win at that point. Yeah, but, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that at all. There may be 
items that the special counsel may say, well, that's part of our investigation. We're not going to talk about that, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't stop the political process of of the impeachment inquiry if that happens. And I suspect now there's greater support for that to happen. And certainly there will be, I think, greater support in the coming days when you break this down, because what they did here is they think, well, we're just going to separate Hunter from Joe. But here's what they missed. For all of us, it's been about Joe all along. All along, yeah. Thank you for yeah. taking Hunter out of the equation. <laughs> and since, like I said, the Department of Justice won't say they're investigating Joe, right? Well, that's what Congress. Well, you guys have said you're not investigating Joe. We are. Yeah. So you're free to speak to us, and and that's yep. the argument they make to the courts. Yep. yep. And the courts say, nope, you've got to testify before the congressional committee, right? Because and 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 then what is the Department of Justice going to come out and say? Oh, no. Okay, now we're investigating Joe Biden for wrongdoing. That destroys the entire political narrative Well, it, for, the, for the Democrats it, that it this does. is separate. Well, how is it not at that point then? How is it not politically everything just starts to implode the moment you do that? How do you do that? Because I thought about that, too. Garland comes out and says, well, no, this will also include the president. And, oh, wait a minute. Then you suspect that the president was involved. Right. My gosh, you're handing the GOP a gift if you do that. Which which then Congress says we started this investigation a long time ago. And the only reason the Department of Justice is to the point that they're at is because of our congressional investigation, because they haven't been doing their damn job. Well, because, you know, they have they believed their own hype for so long. Well, this is about Hunter. This is about Hunter. When all of us have said, no, it's not. And so what they did on Friday is officially took Hunter out of the equation because that's what the, that's the idea of the special prosecutor. Take that investigation and shelve it for a while, get it out of the, you know, get it out of the forefront uh, until after the election, at least. Okay. This wasn't about Hunter. You separated Hunter from Joe for all of us. This has always been about Joe. So now Joe's wide open. You didn't build a wall around him. You just moved Hunter out of the way. Thank you. Oh, you're looking at tax evasion charges and gun charges? Well, that's fine. We're looking for influence peddling and bribery. Right. And since you're not investigating that, because they can't invest bribery. Right. We can't look at it as bribery because it's only bribery if the president knew. Yeah. Yeah. Because he has to be the one that returns the favor. And you can tell it's always panic when... The Department of Justice, when you say we're going to do something major and then you don't answer any questions, you would be eager to answer questions. Well, that's the thing is that had the GOP not gotten to this point, had the fire not gotten so close, this could have been a play. But the problem is, how do you jump on that if they had done it sooner? If they had assigned a special prosecutor to Hunter sooner, then that would have built curiosity but you hope that the curiosity is quelled by the fact that the special prosecutor's office can just cut the gop office or or the gop off and say you sorry we can't give you anything because it's part of the special prosecutor's investigation i think it would have been slightly better than where they are now but now it is very apparent everything that has come out up until friday has been very clear that it's pointing at Joe, and it doesn't matter that Joe didn't receive money in Joe's 
bank account. It was never going to go down that way, Jack. It was his family members. So now there's an investigation, a special investigator assigned to his son. And tell me how there is not one assigned to the other family members who also received millions of dollars. Yeah, because that's where the that's where the that's where the flow leads. Because yes. the money was unless you're just going to look at tax evasion on the gun charge. Right. Well then why do you need a special counsel? And 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 the other thing is when they said, Okay, we're dropping the charges, which means okay, they may investigate him more seriously mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. All you got with that was, okay, it's time to throw Hunter under the bus now in order to protect the the uh, the, the president. And why would you appoint the guy who didn't do his job to begin with? Right, as now, special prosecutor. Right. So now it sounds like a big cover up. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it was so it, it, horrible. Yeah, and and my, I said this back a while back, and I'll say it again. What got me is the bluntness that they are actually sending a message to the American people: we are corrupt. Yeah. Garland sent the message to the American people by doing what he did. We're corrupt, and we are going to be blunt about it. We're not going to try to sugarcoat it. We're not even going to answer any questions. We're just going to make a statement which makes us sound so incredibly corrupt and walk away, turn our back and walk away, just like Joe did. Yes. As if there's no understanding that, don't you understand, by turning your back, you're just doing what Joe Biden has done, which is part of the huge unpopularity that he has, because nobody will answer the questions. He won't answer the questions, and because of that... The majority of the American people view Biden as corrupt. Right. And you're doing the exact same type of body language and action right. and turning around and walking away and making it obvious by appointing the uh, same federal attorney who let the statute of limitations go by. Yep. who made up the sweetheart deal. Yep. You're saying, well, now this time he's going to investigate him more seriously. It is such a bl- I, that's the thing that amazes me. It's such a blunt message to the American people. Screw you. Yeah. It really is. No, it I mean, is. that's how it that's, is. that's how I that's how I took it. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. It's so blunt. And knowing, and we'll have some of the polls and some of the audio coming up, which shows you what direction this is going in, and that the American people aren't buying it, what they're trying to sell. Yet they keep doubling and tripling down on trying to sell a message that nobody is buying. Yep. Yep. We we'll think they're winning. We'll get to that. Eight six six ninety Red Eye. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. You know, uh, one thing that uh, Gary Shapley, who was the one of the whistleblowers, said, he goes. The one thing at all that that did by appointing the special counsel is to show that everything that we said about interference is true. Yeah. That's why they gave him special counsel status to investigate basically Hunter Biden again. Right. (laughs) No, you're throwing cover down for people at the DOJ and for Hunter. And it's pretty obvious to anybody who's looking. How the mainstream media covered it and what do the polls say all coming up. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. One good thing about this weekend. Yeah, there was just one? I Yeah, well... No, there are a few good things, but I mean, just from the news perspective, what okay. one good thing there was anywhere I went, there was absolutely zero talk about women's soccer. Oh, that was good. Well, until now, I and by the way, I mean the women's uh, national team. Ah, yeah, yes, right. I'm not downing. I'm I'm not getting on the case of women. That in general play soccer. No, we'll do that later. Yes, <laughs> why are you wasting your time? <laughs> no, no wonder the Surgeon General says we have an epidemic of loneliness. Stop playing soccer. Get involved. Do real things in life. Well, most of that is in the in the stands. <laughs> Women's national soccer games. Sorry, I just had to do that. People are so lonely. By the way, we'll get to that a little bit later on. There's an epidemic of loneliness. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, there's also an epidemic of financial insecurity. It doesn't seem like the government's central planners are helping on that one. No, they're not. (laughs) So so I'm on government now to conquer loneliness. By the way, one of the things that they say they have to do to conquer loneliness, the Mm. experts, we have to define what loneliness is. So we have an epidemic of loneliness, but we haven't yet not, we have not yet defined precisely what loneliness is yeah well you know we're always changing definitions in today's world <laughs> I know. and by we i mean they as in the left it's an epidemic of loneliness yeah define lonely <laughs> and we're gonna maybe we're gonna... you know some of us want to be left alone well, some of us prefer isolation. We're, we're pretty okay with it. Don't break up our game here by saying, oh, we need to all get together. No, no, no. Stop it. Well, every I have a way that the government mandate that people must not work from home. That way... Yeah, you are You are forced to socialize with people you hate. Right. <laughs> Therefore, you will be less lonely when isolated because you will learn to hate people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> you know, this whole thing. We'll get to it later. I, I don't know. I don't know what the, you know, what the remedy is. Uh, but first, you have to define loneliness. Loneliness. Being alone isn't necessarily lonely. No, it's not. Because they said feelings of isolation. Sometimes that's well, well desired but, feelings but, of but, or or feelings of desired isolation. But you know something? Because it's like I, I started thinking to myself because I've lived all over the country, and on my own, mm-hmm. you know, ninety-five percent of the time, mm-hmm. no roommates, nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always saw well, have I, when I was reading that they, uh, the the. Uh, the article out there about uh, now the Surgeon General 
we need to we need to cure the epidemic of loneliness. It's like, oh, yeah, that's going to be a good one. I can't wait to see government try to cure loneliness and take all the cell phones away and mandate that you cannot work from home uh, any longer. But like anything in life, when I felt economic insecurity, mm-hmm. I got another job <laughs> when I yeah. when I <laughs> if I ever felt lonely and I don't ever remember. I don't I don't. I don't I don't know if I can define what loneliness is except if I had the feeling where I'm just so alone and I need companionship and I've never had that but if I've ever thought to myself hey I've sat in the house all day alone um uh, maybe I should go out and meet people I'll jump up get in the shower and dress and go meet people yeah yeah well, I I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not now if you're talking about the elderly, well, yeah, well, then that may be a problem because they're isolated and nobody's around. And a lot of, if their family doesn't pay attention to them, you know, but I look at my dad who's 97 and his family makes sure he's involved in everything. Yeah, sure. You know, and so that's, you know, that's what you do. But if, but I, I think they're talking the general public. They're not just talking because they, nowhere in the article did I see them mention just elderly. Part of it was elderly. Well, part, and, but, which is, again, that's been in play for a long, long time. And, right. that, and that is a real thing, um, especially when late in life you lose a spouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can it, that loneliness can be there for a long, long time. Sometimes it goes on for a lifetime and it, it's a very real thing. But again, if they're trying to say that we've got this, you know, epidemic of loneliness um, just as a society, then we do have to define what it is. Okay, what are you defining as loneliness? Because it is also, I won't say it's natural, but it is somewhat typical for adolescents to isolate themselves. And now that they've got a phone and a virtual world to live in, they can go live in that virtual world. Now that has to... I, I don't know why it was surprising, but a lot of people seem to be surprised as to why a lot of those adolescents came back and said, well, yeah, but I feel isolated and lonely in that position, you know, of, of you know, sitting there on my device and watching the world because it looks like the world is out there doing a bunch of things and you're not. I That wasn't surprising when they found out that effect years ago. But that's something that where the parents have to get involved. It's something where the, you know, those adolescents have to be more involved in everyday activities. Actually, James wrote James Rosen wrote the article mm. uh, about the uh, the Surgeon General. Yeah, saying we need to we need to cure it. We need to we need to uh, work uh, on it because roughly half of Americans prior to the pandemic reported recent experiences of loneliness. Well, okay, but, but, but you, again, but you define what I would view as loneliness. Yeah, I had, I had, no, I've never had a, uh, a, a wife die, but that, that to me probably would be the ultimate in loneliness because you miss them so much. Now, is that yeah, loneliness right. or is that loneliness based on 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 grief that everybody faces? And there is no cure for that because there is no cure for death. I think there is a combination of that um, because, uh, especially late in life, and, and it's typical for your, if you have adult kids, you know, they're working, you know, 
every day. They may have their own kids, and they don't come to see you as often. So the the, the person that you see most often um, is is your spouse, and so I think it's they, those two go hand in hand: the loneliness and the grief. And it's it's it can be it can be devastating. But you look at the, you know, then what the Surgeon General. If you look at the question, okay, uh, in a poll, have you felt lonely one time? You know, you and I work days, and I've been married for well over 32 years. And it's been 20, let's see here, uh, 20, almost 27 years of that working this shift. So (laughs) my wife and I joke with each other, you know, because I told her, I said, you know, when it comes to retirement, I'm going to be very clingy, you know. <laughs> then one day I was, we were driving, we were on vacation. I said, am I clingy? She goes, a little bit. And <laughs> so, so <laughs> a little bit. And she's nothing if not pragmatic. And, you know, you, you you look at that, but you look at that dynamic of, of um, like, it works because during the week, we really kind of need that isolation in order to break things down as we're doing show prep throughout the day. It really is helpful in that way. The other day I walked out, my dog was there. Nobody else was in the house, and it, and I walked in, and my dog was laying by the front door. She does that when she's lonely. I said, oh, are you lonely? She looks at me and gave me – she would have rolled her eyes if she knew how. She walked into the guest room and then shut the door behind her. I don't even know who taught her how to do that. She just wanted to be away from me. But you do have those situations where, and I remember when my my kids uh, started moving out, started getting older, you know, those are the things that's kind of an empty nest thing. But in terms of how a surgeon general would define loneliness, it gets, you do have to, if you're taking Mm -hmm. the poll, we've said this often, regardless of the poll, you have to qualify the questions. You also have to qualify the respondents because there are people that, that go through that serious situation. Uh, I think it's serious mental health wise of that loneliness and feeling of isolation. Right. And there are for well, varying reasons. But, but but then but missing someone is not necessarily because you talk about death, mm-hmm. missing someone tremendously and going through the grieving process is technically, by the definition, not loneliness, but as they do here, the, the quasi-official designation of loneliness as an academic, the Centers for Disease Control, only describes loneliness and social isolation as widespread problems and drew data from the fields of sociology, psychology, neuroscience, political science, economics, and public health. The need for such efforts is clear, even if ending social isolation may ultimately be beyond the government's control. Duh! Uh, Roughly half of Americans prior to the pandemic reported recent experiences of loneliness. The respondents exhibited higher rates of cardiovascular disease, dementia, stroke, depression, anxiety, Mm. and premature death. But that may have nothing to do with loneliness. It may be because of other behavior. The uh, mortality impacted of being socially disconnected, the Surgeon General Murthy observed, is similar to what's caused by smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day and even greater than obesity and physical activity. And then they get down to here, uh, 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 for uh, example, that um, uh, immediate action is necessary. 
you know, on schools and workplaces to do what? And then they go, the nation's medical system, for instance, was encouraged to integrate social connection into the primary, secondary, and tertiary level prevention and care efforts. Then they write, what is loneliness? <laughs> right in the middle of the article. Yeah, right. uh, Murthy cited uh, feelings of isolation, invisibility, and insignificance, but his prescriptions for federal action, recognizing an elemental problem in the overall enterprise, notably called for a creation of standardized definitions for relevant terms. They don't even know what loneliness is, well, because, and they're telling you this is how we need to cure it. Well, because it, it does vary. Because for that grieving spouse, it does include loneliness. That's a huge part of it. Because you're isolated now. Right. That person that was your companion and closest to you for all of your adult life in many cases is now not there. And so that does include so is that loneliness. The, so is that the def is that then the closer definition of loneliness which which would be the grief from missing somebody, which there is well, no solution to going through that emotional process. Or maybe there may be people there to help you get through it. Yeah, there there are remedies in terms of uh of, of how you deal with it. It never goes right. away. But that's what it comes down to is that it, it depends on uh accessibility if you if you have the ability to get out and be around people more and it has to do with a number of things and so you know that's something that but those two go really do go hand in hand and you know it 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 the i guess support groups whether they're family members or friends or neighbors uh become crucial at that point they always have or is it simply that you're a billionaire and it's lonely at the top? Yeah, it could be that. No, actually, there was um, uh, the uh, the gamer, the, or he's not a gamer, he's, he did design games. He uh, goes by the um, the name Notch online. Uh, person, Pearson, uh, he talked about after he sold his huge game that he created to Microsoft for $2 billion. And he went on social media one night and is just kind of describing what it was like because now he's famously wealthy, but he was standing in a room with other people who are famously wealthy and some who are not wealthy at all. And the ones who were already famously wealthy, well, he's kind of new money, is does he fit in with them? And then people who didn't have money but knew that he was now a multi-billionaire they they were looking at that very differently. And he said, I'm not complaining. Because he had to go back. People were like, oh, why are you, you know, you're, these are crocodile tears. He was like, no, no, no. I'm just de- describing the dynamic oh, yeah. of where I am. Well, there's a, there's, and, and that's not a, that's right. not a, you know, a, didn't appear to be there's, uh, a lonely place. There's dynamics. For example, if you're, if, if you're in the arena of ideas, you've really cut off about half the people who don't want to associate with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, it's it, so you can, my point is they go through this. Can we combat America's loneliness epidemic and the surgeon general? We need a national emphasis on this. And in the middle of it, they can't even define what loneliness is. Well, that's, that's, it. that's, that's, that's my whole don't point. Don't say about, it's, oh, it's right. a national, when you can't, when you don't have a definition for it and you can't describe what it is, then don't say it exists at an epidemic level or pandemic or anything else. You can say 
it exists in these groups, and here's how we define it in these groups and why. And also, I guess the concept of loneliness can be fake. I remember some of my uh, ex-girlfriends when we broke up, and I thought to myself, I'm so lonely, I can't live without her. And that was the completely wrong emotional analysis of that point. And the only thing that took that out was time. And then yeah. you look back and you go, what are you talking about? We weren't compatible. Was I nuts? Yeah, what was I right. thinking? I was in this despair of loneliness. Well, that really wasn't loneliness. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it happens. And and those are the things, too, that, uh, again, depending on the situation, you know, um, it often requires drastic change, even moving. You know, in order to, if you're, and I had a family member who was going through that. And then all of a sudden his behavior changed and he decided basically to do something about it. And today, one of the happiest people I know. And I don't know if he would have described himself as lonely. He probably would have come back and said, yeah, technically, yeah. But I realized what was going on and what I had to change in my life, and I did it. And socially now, everything has changed for him. I think central government solutions can lead to the cure, though. Well, there's, yeah, exactly. There's the problem, <laughs> is that the government's looking at this. Well, they can't even define it. So you can't be a part of it. If you can't define it, then quit talking until Hi. you can define it. Hi, I'm here from the government, and I'm here to help you cure your loneliness. Yeah. It's a guy in a suit just going to sit in your living room all day. So, uh, you cured yet? Nope. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow. I didn't work on Seinfeld with the elderly people who were lonely, did it? Yeah, right. They wanted, exactly. They wanted nothing to do with George. Right. <laughs> I'd rather be lonely than yeah. deal with you. Get out. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Great point made by one of our listeners, huh? Yeah. In fact, uh, Linda wrote, uh, you know, think about everything that happened during COVID. Uh, you might uh, think about all the broken relationships because of COVID, school, friends, masks, yeah. family, uh, uninvited from weddings and other events and, and that kind of so thing. So wrong yeah. government policy exactly. created the problem, which now the government says and now they're gonna they fix need it to again. cure. Yeah. Have we been here before? Is there a vaccine for loneliness? Get Fauci on the phone. <laughs> Let's see if we can expedite that to the stores by Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys caused it. How about you stay out of it? How about you let society figure it out again? And the next time it happens, you not move in such drastic ways for such long periods of time. Carly taking your calls 
1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Now, how is the media looking at the uh, whole situation with now a special counsel, David Weiss, mm. <laughs> uh, being appointed uh, to look at Hunter Biden after the first time he didn't do his job. Yeah. After right. they got after they got caught. Uh, and it's amazing how the Delaware, you know, how they just dropped it. Yeah. Right. They dropped the charge. So now it all starts over again. Right. So it's not going to be any type of plea deal that will be uh, accepted. Man, that blew apart. That was something I didn't expect to. It to, just to completely imploded. But uh, let's take a look at it. This is this is CBS now, okay? Mm. This is CBS covering it over right. the uh, the weekend. Right. Here we go. There are also um, oversight investigations going on. One of Hunter Biden's former business uh, partners has come out and testified that President Biden, while he was vice president, was actually on various phone calls in which Hunter Biden was dealing business overseas. And so that raises so many more questions, Margaret, about what the president knew, when he knew it, and whether he was involved, which, of course, he himself has always said he has known nothing about those business dealings and was certainly never involved. Okay. That's Mm -hmm. uh, CBS yesterday. Little change in the narrative, would you say? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Not exactly what they were saying a couple of weeks ago. No, I mean, there was still the, you know, even um, after they they saw some of the money trail, it was like, well, yeah, but none of it went to Joe. And now it's like, okay, things are getting serious. Let's go to NBC's Chuck Todd now. Mm, here we go. President Biden's handling of the case has raised questions at a time when voters already have doubts about his age and political standing. Biden brought his son to a state dinner just two days after the plea deal that has since collapsed was announced. And he has repeatedly defended him, denying wrongdoing altogether, even though Hunter Biden himself has pled guilty. I'm confident. First of all, my son's done nothing wrong. I trust him. I have faith in him. There you go. He, so he played some of those, which shows, again, even a change there. Yeah. And then let me get to the other audio that I wanted to get here. Hmm. Um, there was one more that I wanted to get. Okay, here we go. Uh, uh, Jamie Raskin. Now, this isn't the audio where he stated that Hunter Biden has done some terrible unlawful and wrong things hmm. this is this is uh, uh, another uh, interview where <laughs> you would expect this here we go yeah we saw uh, uh, joe biden at one point say uh that, that hunter biden had no dealings got no money from china we now see from hunter's own uh words that that's not true uh, did, 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 are, are, does any of this raise concerns for you? You know, the money from Ukraine, the money from China, uh, the money from Russia. D- d- does any of this, well, you know, look, whether or not it's criminal, whether or not it warrants special counsel status, are you concerned by the, about this stuff? I, here's what I'm concerned about. Um, during the Trump administration. There you go. We don't need to play anymore. I won't answer the question. That's it. We need to move on from all of this. <laughs> this is tearing the country apart. 
And and I think that's where you're going to see a lot of Democrats go in the coming days. We have a special prosecutor. It is being handled the way it should be. Now let's get on to talking about important things. Okay, you mean like Joe? Because now we can focus on Joe. The special prosecutor is focused on Hunter. Yep. Let's have the discussion. Have you noticed that the anchors are all of a sudden, I won't say stuttering, but hesitating in all of their questions? You and I talked about Jake Tapper last week. Mm -hmm. They're trying to frame it. They don't even know how to frame it correctly. They don't. And so there's all this hesitation. Do do you think is it is it um do you think that it it's they can't get to the heart of the matter cuz they know what the problem is. The American public uh knows what's going on and knows what the concerns are, but it's like they have to pretend that there can be this separation of influence peddling or they're attempting to sell the idea yeah. that they frankly don't buy. And I'm so glad you brought it up the way that you did earlier, Eric, where it's like, well, no, what Hunter Biden did was completely separate from his father. All that money that came in may have been corrupt, but it was only Hunter because none of the money went to Joe. Well, it went to nine other family members of the Biden. So yep. now yep. does that mean that Hunter Biden and all those nine family members are corrupt and have done something that may be wrong and unlawful? Because if Hunter did and they got the money from what Hunter was doing and they set up 20 fake corporations to move that money to the relatives, does that mean that the entire Biden family is corrupt, and Joe Biden is just a victim of his entire family? Because they had money going to their accounts. If you're saying we need to focus on on Hunter, then, yeah, you're right. You do. You absolutely do. And you need to focus on the other family members that also received money. What were they doing? This is the problem that they have. And they also clear Hunter out of the way so that the GOP can focus on Joe. And that's well, the question. Yeah, that's the one thing that both you and I can realize. Because there's, it's, they really were buying their own excuse, their own defense, which was bogus, that this was about Hunter. Nope. This is about the president and whether or not the current president is compromised. This is about bribery. This is about his time in office as vice president leading all the way up to today. And now you've cleared Hunter out of the way. The focus has to be on Joe Biden. It was always it was always completely Fredo's fault. Yeah. The godfather the Don knew nothing about anything. Exactly. He was just being manipulated by right. his entire family. Yeah. I'm t- telling you, it's the what we're getting now is the Uncle Leo defense. I'm sober. Not like everybody says. <laughs> I'm telling you, Michael, that wasn't my cocaine. I want respect. 
Who cares? <laughs> but, but seriously, it's now, it's, it's basically the Uncle Leo defense. Uncle mm-hmm. Leo is just uh, an old man trying to, trying to get Jerry. What are you doing? It's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the Uncle Leo defense. Biden, it's all of his family because it has to be. And I, that's why that was so great because nobody else has brought that up. You were the first one that brought that up that said, what they're trying to separate and say now, because it's clearly that's what they're trying to do, yeah. is that Hunter is the corrupt one. That's why we need to investigate him. Well, number one, all that information to give you that idea has come from the Republicans, yeah. uh, which is why they move forward with it. The Democrats, it wasn't because of a Democrat investigation that they decided to put a special uh, counsel on Hunter Biden and pull the 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 special deal yeah we all know mm. that this this special counsel was the one that came up with the sweetheart deal so it does stink of corruption all over the place in the department of uh of of uh, of, of of justice but uh when you look at it if they're going to separate and say that hunter is the guilty one and joe knew nothing about the money well everybody else those nine family members are we now to look at the Biden grandchildren and look at them as corrupt? Right. Because they got money. Where, where are you going with this? And I think these things are going through these liberal anchors' minds as they're asking these questions. And they're afraid they're going to get burned because so far they've got burned on everything. Everything no, no. Joe Biden has told them has been a lie. Every criticism they've done of the Republicans, everything is moving in the Republicans' direction. It keeps getting worse, and every day it keeps getting worse. And I think they're trying to CYA. No, I think they are. And this is... Because how do you approach this? How do you approach it now after being in defense of Joe for the longest time? Ignoring it for the longest time and then saying, well, yeah, but it doesn't prove anything about Joe. They got too close to the Biden fire during the Trump years, and they brought it to the point of impeachment for Donald Trump. They got too close to the Biden fire here, and Merrick Garland throws down the David Weiss special prosecutor card on Friday. This is exactly mm-hmm. what happened. And we did say this a couple of, I forgot how long it was, every day. Months are now just blending into each other. But we said it a while back when we said, watch when they get real close. That's when they'll do the special counsel to try to impede the investigation. And when you think about it, when they did it Friday, and I was on the plane when I saw it. Mm. I was on the plane. I saw it, and I just laughed. I went, Oh, well, of course, this had to happen today. Yeah. I mean, there, there was there was no other way that this could happen. Right. It had to happen today. You know why? Because I said it had to happen today because it the it uh, the appearance of corruption was as blunt as you can get and that's basically become Merrick uh, Garland's MO. Yeah. We're going to make it we're right. basically going to stick it to Americans and say we are corrupt deal with it you yep. bunch of morons right and that's the message that i got out yesterday or uh, friday when that first happened and so it, because you and i talked about it before we just said wait till they get really close 
That's when they'll do special counsel and then try to say, well, no, none of the witnesses can appear now before the Republicans, and this is going to take another two years. Yeah. Right. And which is why then when Comer finally came out and said it about two weeks ago, we said, finally, yes. But now, as they've said, well, they're only doing the special counsel on Hunter. Doesn't concern Joe. (laughs) We're going to be fine. We're not looking. We don't care about Hunter. We care about Joe. Yep. Joe is who we're looking to. Yep. The corruption of the White House of the White House uh, and the vice president back during those years and how he may be compromised because of those decisions back then. If you wish to go after Hunter for tax evasions, which you were going to give him no jail time for, you go ahead on those petty crimes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and we'll we'll deal with the bigger picture. Yeah, it's um. Uh, uh, they had nowhere else to go. This, this was a move of desperation. But the fact of the matter is, if the GOP is playing this right for what it is, this is perfect opportunity to focus on Joe because the investigation on Hunter is separate. Okay, fine. There's no investigation on Joe. Let's pursue that. And if you get to an impeachment inquiry, there's no way this stuff doesn't come to the surface. And that's what the point that was made. If you get to the, like they, you may have some of these witnesses say, "Well, we're not going to come forward now." As soon as they do the impeachment inquiry, the the you know you're not you're going to have judges say you need to appear. Yep. Because number one, what are you going to say? Well, no, the special counsel, special counsel is investigating the son. That's a right. different person. Yep. They've admitted they're not investigating the president. Right. That this impeachment inquiry, we're not impeaching Hunter Biden, and that's a strong point. And so. You know, I I figured this was going to happen. We said it a while back, but when it did happen, it also I view it as an act of desperation. Oh no, oh, it reeks of desperation. Yeah. Friday, this the first thing that hit me is wow, they really feared the GOP getting way too close, but they didn't play this right because this is not a special prosecutor assigned to investigate the president. It's his son, which gets his son out of the way, and now the focus has to be. On the present. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio. Toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Radio. He's Eric Crowley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the top of uh, the uh, hour, two polls actually out. Hmm. Well, the same pollster, but two separate polls. Okay. Uh, what uh, people think who have been paying attention uh, to the Hunter Biden, Joe Biden situation, mm-hmm. and what they think about Joe from people that have been not paying attention, or excuse me, from just the general public, to then specifically people that have been paying attention, and it will point out the president's problems and also the media's problems Mm. that they have. Sure. But have you noticed the hesitation in almost all of the anchors when they're interviewing somebody the last couple of weeks since since the narrative has changed? Right. You don't know where to go because they've been ignoring this for too long.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet Earth, we are Red Eye Radio. Good morning. I didn't hear any UFO talk over the weekend either. When I said the planet Earth, I thought about that. There's no more UFO talk. Now, I, think, been, I think we know why. I've been reading more analysis on it, mm. you know, more analysis on it, saying, you know, some of these people testifying have been UFO people for the longest time. Because you yeah, w- wonder, yeah, yeah. you wonder, even though the congressional testimony went on, you're just like, why had, did that have no buzz at all? I mean, that there was no buzz involving that whatsoever. You know, extraterrestrials on Earth, and it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, unless, unless they saw, you know, unless the... Aliens saw the movie They Live and just said, we're not going to come down here. Yeah. Um, because when the when the American public, when they stop chewing bubble gum, they're, mm-hmm. they're going to kick some butt. Yeah. <laughs> the best line. I love that line. Yeah, I uh, I think uh, they they probably looked at it and said, yeah, uh, we're good. We'll go. We'll go to another planet. I figured the Democrats would say that the problem of global warming is so bad that the aliens are going to bypass Earth, or they're coming here to warn us about global warning. Warming. We're not, we're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> you know, tell us the, they're going to tell us the future. You know, for such an advanced civilization, they sure do crash a lot. Yeah, somebody brought that up too. It's travel at the speed of light. Well, and you, you, you know, yeah, you, you haven't, you haven't aced landing what did, yet. What did you? What did you run out of gas? Why are all of a sudden you and your other ten foot buddies in somebody's backyard in Arizona? Didn't the police put cameras in that backyard? Have, yeah. we, have we found anything without yet? without telling them? They didn't tell the homeowner. Or the people who live there. I don't know if it's a rental or not, but they didn't tell the people that live there. No, they did? No. And then a few days later, oh, wait, then they the- called them and said, they called the police and said, we think there's cameras in our backyard. And they were like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the, the whole, that whole thing was... I don't know. Just weird. It was just weird. All right. You ready for the polling? What do you got? Uh, this is why you see the narrative changing. Mm. This is even why you see Jamie Raskin said, oh, yeah, Hunter did some very unlawful things here. This is why you see the whole narrative changing now. And the 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 attempted firewall, which I don't believe is going to have much effect, mm. you know, for the president. Americans, by wide margins say President Joe Biden and his son Hunter violated the FARA law, the foreign influence uh, uh, penalty law, Mm -hmm. 
Americans by wide margins say America that the President Joe Biden and his son violated a law against peddling foreign influence amid uh, 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 amid the allegations about the first family's business dealings. Fully 63% of voters say the president breached the Foreign Agents Registration Act, which obliges, obliges people to declare foreign interest when he served as vice president and his son worked with the Ukrainian energy firm Burisma. That's 63%. Now, the problem is there. You can't be a foreign agent unless you took the money. Or you were involved in taking the money. His father knew nothing about it. Paul wouldn't say that. Mm. So 63%, as you said, it keeps ticking up, ticking up. And that's Joe and Hunter. Yeah. Another 29% said they did not believe that Joe Biden broke the rules. 8%, I don't know. Republicans overwhelmingly said Biden had committed wrongdoing. 38% of Democrats. Now, at the beginning of the month, earlier this month, which would just be last week, Hmm. Uh, The tip poll was done. Now, this was only Hunter Biden. 69% said Hunter had broken the FAR rules by representing a Chinese energy company without registering as a foreign agent. Another 18% said no. They didn't ask specifically about Joe at that point. But since that polling, more information has come out, which got us to last Friday. But when you have now, and remember, it was... About beginning of July, when it was 58 or 59, 57, 58 or 59 percent, I can't remember exactly what it was, that thought that Joe Biden was corrupt. So it just keeps ticking up and up and up. It's not going to get any better. And I believe this is why most Democrats aren't defending the president. You don't hear them coming out with defense. You've got a few, you've got Raskin. Uh, you got, what's his name? I got to think of his name now. The one that keeps <laughs> indicting the president. Uh, Goldman? Goldman. Goldman. Yeah. You know, Goldman, they seem to be really the two that are out there uh, uh, doing it. And this is why I believe, and it's something that you and I noticed last week with Jake Tapper, where we said, look how he's hesitating asking the questions mm. as if he wants to make sure he doesn't get burned again. Because that's the problem. The narrative has changed. What Democrats were saying two weeks ago is not what Democrats were saying now. What the White House was saying two weeks ago is not what the White House is saying now. And these anchors and these reporters, they know they've got burned. Well, I think that's a big part of it is that the narrative from the inside is changing. This is what we have said. The liberal media over the years uh, with a liberal administration, you show up to the press briefing, you get your talking points And then you print it or put it on the air and you're done. And this administration has not been handing out talking points. Then you get to the Hunter thing. And the talking points were what? The president knew nothing, knew nothing, knew nothing, knew nothing. And then all of a sudden it was, well, the president wasn't involved. As things start to change, those who were repeating 
the White House were getting burned because the narrative from the White House was changing and and they were trying to defend the president. And now I don't know how you do it. Because there's now there's really I mean, everything is wow. In desperation mode, it's it's clear the DOJ on Friday, that's a desperate measure for essentially to shut the GOP down. And the only thing you did is redirect to the most important part of this, and that is the focus on the president. It's never been about Hunter Biden. And I think they are in such a bubble, Eric, that because I was thinking about this when I saw it afterwards and saw him just turn around and walk away and not answer the questions being thrown at him. Garland, this is uh, again, I was I was struck by. The things you know, I, I, that the message that emanated from that, which was, and I mean this, it's not a partisan remark. It's just you know because you have an investigation going. I've always looked at it. I've tr- you know I've got my politics, but I judge it whether it's Trump or whether it's Biden by the evidence that exists. Mm-hmm. But we do look at how people respond, and when we. When you've got somebody who is confident in an investigation, they'll answer some questions. They just don't say something and turn around and walk away. I mean, there's right. a message being sent by doing that. But when you look at the fact that he appointed Weiss to begin with, just that message and all of his actions was a blunt message to the American people. We're corrupt. Deal with it. That's what I took out with it. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'll end up being wrong, but that's the message that I got. That's what was emanated to me. We're corrupt. Deal with it. Yeah. Because putting Weiss in there was such a blunt message because everybody knows that Weiss uh, uh, succumbed to the pressure of what was going on. He didn't stand up in, in revolt. So what you get is this guy can be manipulated. That's yeah, the impression right. the American public is getting. A- a- again, that's all we can go on. We can only go on the things that they do. We're not inside their meetings. We don't know what's going on. The closest that we know to that is what the whistleblowers are telling us. And as Gary Shapley said, well, you want to you, you wanna understand that they've acknowledged the corruption that exists in there hmm. and the proper, talk about influence peddling, <laughs> you know, I- improper things being done. Well, they just verified it by doing what they did. They just verified, you know, every allegation that we made against them. But the fact is they put the same corrupt person with more power. Yeah. To do what? Because you still haven't explained. There's an explanation uh, still wanted. Why did you let the statute of limit statute of limitations? <laughs> did I say statue? <laughs> Why did they let the statute of limitations run out? on those very serious crimes. What was the reason that they did that? Please answer that question. The American people deserve those kind of questions to be answered. Yep. Never answered. Now, this gives wives the cover not to testify, saying we have a, we have a, uh, a, uh, you know, special counsel uh, investigation going on here, Mm -hmm. and so we keep everything quiet. But as was pointed out, if they, you know, (laughs) If they start an impeachment inquiry and say, we want to talk to Weiss uh, about uh, Joe Biden. Right. He doesn't want to answer it, Hunter. 
he can sit there and say, I can't answer about Hunter. It just makes him look more guilty. But when it comes to this is what the Republicans may be thinking. But if he wants to, uh, we're going to ask him questions about Joe. Did you stop an investigation of Joe? Because Joe, they're not investigating. He doesn't have to keep that quiet. Joe, they're making the claim Joe is absolutely no relation to what's going on with Hunter. Right. Well, then fine. Then you can answer the question. Yeah. You've separated the two. And you can be forced to testify. Yep. That's what they're hoping through a, uh, you know, a court saying you need to do it because this is separate. Because Hunter, the, the whole narrative is if it's two separate people, that's like saying they're doing an investigation of Eric Harley, which means Gary McNamara doesn't have to testify. Because Gary works with him also. And any any league any judge gonna buy that? No. no I, and, and and when you're two separate human beings, doesn't matter whether you're family or not, if one if you're claiming that one is completely separate than the other, then you allow the investigation of that other one by a different branch of government go along with their constitutional duty in an impeachment inquiry. Right. You go after the guilty one. It was clearly Gary, not Eric. Nobody cares about Hunter. Nobody cares about Eric. It's about Gary and whether he's corrupt. And the answer is yes. <laughs> at least I don't look at porn in a movie theater. Oh, by the way, I'm not accusing you of doing that. If anybody doesn't know, I went to a concert this weekend and a guy in our row, security actually came in and we thought they were coming after us for some reason. This guy apparently was looking at porn on his phone and all the women sitting behind him could could see it. So I, we, we talked about it earlier in the did, show. Did, did he buy the right tickets do we know if he thought he was in the right place or the wrong place? Well, you know, the key was he had the name of the band on his shirt. He had a official merchandise shirt. And as you know, you never wear the name of the band that you're going to see on your shirt when you go to see them. You don't? No, I saw that in PCU. Oh. You put it, you wear another band's shirt That was in, in order yeah, to look cool? Exactly. Okay. Because uh, what's his name? The wimpy kid from Rudy mm. was like the wild guy, and he had he was all uh, I can't think of his name. He's the the guy. He's he's uh, I think he's worked for Steve Byrne, hasn't he? Uh yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know the guy. Yeah, you know, he did Iron Man, right? Can't think of the he directed Iron Man, uh, but yeah, he had a I think it was a Merkins T-shirt on. Okay. Yeah. All right. And the other guy told me, he goes, what are you doing? You can't. You the guy work. who played Ralphie? Or the other director of the other Iron Man? The guy who played Ralphie directed Iron Man 2. Oh, you're talking about, uh, what's his name? John um, Favreau. John Favreau, yeah. 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 Who directed the first one. Yeah. 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 All right. John Favreau in, in PCU. That came out in 94, 95. Think about that. So political yeah. correctness has been around. And you you go back and you watch it. I mean, it's it's a dumb comedy. It's a beat, but it's actually pretty funny mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when they actually talk about uh, when they actually talk about you know what what the left is is doing and how the left operates. And uh, <laughs> it's it's hilarious. Jeremy Piven is the you know the, the guy who's right. he, he's the one that tells John Favreau you can't do it. What are you doing? You can't wear that. And he was perfect. He was perfect for that role because <laughs> they he they basically were an animal house living in the middle of 
uh, living in the middle of uh, Harvard today. Yeah, right. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't do that in a theater. That's uh, Or anywhere else in public. How about you stay home and do that for the guy that was... Yeah, was, that was he sitting next to you or behind you? No, he was sitting. I I had to seat in between because there was a empty seat, so he was he was two seats down from me, and we, I was in my seat less than twenty seconds when all the security came around, and we thought they were getting us for something. We're like, we didn't do anything. We're I I almost gave I almost said the I gave the Uncle Leo defense. What are you doing? I'm just an old man. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And they said, No, we're not after you. That guy's doing something inappropriate. And I and me, wow. I'm thinking, oh, it's a it's a rock concert. It's got to be drugs. I go, what is he vaping? He goes, no, he's looking at porn. Like and all the women behind him are upset. I'm like you've got to be kidding me. Are you kidding me? Wow. He's looking at porn and a, and talking. It was a live porn thing. He's talking to the naked woman on the phone. He's got his you know earbuds in. And having an erotic you conversation think, with him, with all these women behind him, listening. Do Do you think he just wanted that those bragging rights? I was once thrown out of a Pablo Cruz concert for watching porn. Well, P.B. Herman is dead. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Okay. Uh, I try not to be judgmental <laughs> on things. Eight six six ninety red eye. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Roadside inspections all begin with the driver interview, during which the officer will gather basic information from the driver and prepare the driver for the inspection. The officer will also be evaluating the driver, determining if the driver can speak English, is under the influence of anything, has an illness, or is fatigued. The officer will ask the driver for required documents, including vehicle and driver credentials, the driver's log, and shipment paperwork. The officer may also conduct a vehicle inspection. Before beginning the inspection, the officer will take steps to make sure the inspection can be done safely. These include chalking the wheels, wearing personal protective equipment, and explaining what will be required of the driver. The driver needs to pay close attention to these instructions so that the vehicle inspection can be conducted in a manner that is safe for the inspection official. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carney, and I'm Gary McNamara. When COVID was going on and the lockdowns were happening, there were a lot of warnings. I remember in the Great Barrington Declaration, uh, you had the the warnings of what would happen when it came to the fact of you know people not getting, uh, you know, not getting proper treatment or not going to the doctor. Well, some mm. of the results are coming up now on the increase in cancer rates. Mm. We'll have that coming up.
You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, we had talked uh, earlier um, about the Surgeon General coming out and talking about the fact that there's an epidemic in the United States of loneliness. Mm-hmm. Now, they can't define what loneliness is, but there's an epidemic. Right. And, hi, I'm the government, and I'm here to cure your loneliness. We don't can't define it, but we know it's there. Uh, and, you know, we had the discussion that when you look at loneliness, however they define it, isolation, um, grief, mm-hmm. uh, being locked down because of COVID where you could not see people. That was brought up. Uh, and then you look at some of the other factors of what we know that came out of the lockdowns with COVID. 50% increase mm-hmm. in attempted teenage girls committing suicide. Uh, last year, I believe, record numbers of suicides in the United States. Yeah. And, you know, you look at the factors there. Uh, of of because of the the lockdowns which people warned of the great barrington declaration warned of that mm-hmm. the other thing that they warned about and this was pretty early on this was still like october of 2020 that the great barrington declaration came out did it not yep and yeah. warned about additional deaths because of diseases because of the lockdowns well they're out for cancer now well, at least partly not. I mean, not, I don't have everything on the studies from cancer. The Wall Street Journal did COVID lockdowns and cancer. Researchers at the American Cancer Society compared the change in the stage of new cancers diagnosed in the U.S. in 2019 versus 2020. Early in the pandemic, routine health care was disrupted as hospitals prepared for a surge of COVID patients that didn't materialize in most places. States also suspended elective care, including cancer screenings. While most physicians' offices reopened in summer of 2020, many faced a backlog of patients, which delayed screenings, exams, and treatments. And some patients, and I know because I know people that didn't go to the doctor for a year and a half. Mm. Forget about just a couple of months. Mm-hmm. For a year and a half, some even two years did not go. Some patients also delayed their doctor visits uh, for symptoms that may have been caused uh, by undiagnosed cancers because they were afraid of catching COVID. As a result, patients were 5.4% less likely to be diagnosed with a stage one cancer and 7.4% more likely to be diagnosed with stage four cancer in 2020 than in 2019, according uh, to the American Cancer Society uh, study that was in uh, the Lancet magazine. The biggest relative increase for stage four cancer occurred for liver 13%, stomach cancer, 13%, 
prostate, 14%, and thyroid, 19%. The study also notes that due to safety concerns, guidelines often recommended postponing elective outpatient procedures for patients seem to uh, uh, deemed to have a less aggressive disease and most endoscopy centers mandated patients to have COVID-19 tests before procedures after their reopening, which might have created additional obstacles for patients. This is the important part. Survival rates are much higher when cancers are caught early and they can often be treated without chemotherapy and radiation. How is their comparison here? The five-stage survival rate for stage one prostate cancer is nearly 100% compared with 32% if the disease has spread to other areas of the body. The impact of late diagnosis is evident in more cancer deaths. Age-adjusted cancer mortality increased 1.7% in 2021 after falling between falling 17% between 2009 and 2020. Cancer rates were also 2.8% higher during the first six months of this year than in the same period of 2021. This is more evidence that the lockdown enthusiasts Americans mistakenly trusted during the COVID lost sight of the cost in lost livelihoods, learning, and lives. And that's just cancers alone. Yeah, it's um, something that Some very cancers. early on that that the concerns were there. They were vocalized. But the problem is, is that everything was shut down. Social media would shut you down for bringing it up. The idea of questioning the lockdowns and, and questioning the priorities um, in and uh and and how things were going to be handled and what was going to be treated what wasn't going to be treated in terms of you know when you create a scenario where everyone is not just afraid to leave their house but if you if you're not really sick back then if you weren't really sick you're afraid to go to a doctor's office why well because they were telling you covid just by breathing on someone you could die surfaces yep and the hospitals had to make their priorities based on what they were led to do and remember one of the worst things that we said that was done and we said it at the time was was ridiculous because didn't even tom brady get caught like in a park Mm -hmm. they closed down parks Mm -hmm. people were outside right they closed down parks and i think it was a great barrington declaration that said what idiocy you closed, yeah. and, and they tried to, you know, censor what the Great Barrington Declaration had said right. back in late 2020. Why are we doing this? We, we, people can't, we, we can't go outside? Well, what you're doing is you're forcing people, people, people are still going to work. And so you're forcing people inside where this virus can spread easier instead mm-hmm. of letting them. And so they're exposed for more hours of the day because you've come up with stupid rules. I remember that even in the state of Texas, which was not like the other states, for a little period of time, remember, you could not be outside. For example, if you decided, I'm, I'm going to go out into a field and uh, throw the football around, there could only be four people with you. 
Yeah, right. Only four people allowed to be together outside. We'll come over to your house. We'll send authorities over. Your kids are your kids are visiting other kids in their yard. We'll shut you down. Mm-hmm. Look, the it still exists today. Not so much with COVID, but it still exists. This idea of any question, any dissent is going to be met with shutting it down. Well, that approach was applied to COVID. You couldn't bring up a lab leak theory. What are you, part of QAnon? You couldn't bring up that it was stupid to not let people go outside if you said it was stupid to close down parks that were outside. Right. And we didn't see the sense in it at all. And then the Tom Brady, remember, that became big news because he was caught in a park. Yeah. I think he had just gotten to Tampa, right? Yeah. And uh, yep. And I remember you and I doing a show. And it was about, uh, I just remember it was people on bike paths screaming at other people on yeah, bike paths right. for not wearing masks. Yeah. yeah, the Karens of the world. Or people would come by on their bicycles and the, you know, and the people on the bicycles would be screaming at the people that were walking or vice versa. Where's your mask? Mm-hmm. It's like outside. Yeah. And it was just, it was, People it was wearing nuts. masks it, in their own cars. And we're not talking about Uber drivers. We're talking about people alone in their own cars yeah. wearing masks. But you couldn't question anything at the time. It didn't matter what credibility you had. Some of the greatest scientific minds were being shut down. And that was the answer, is that we'll shut down any dissent, any questioning whatsoever. How dare you? You must want people to die. When you instill fear in people, expect that fear to be a great driver in whatever direction you want them to go in. And it was, you know, there are some constants that still exist today about COVID that we knew from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. The majority have proven to be false. There are some that were true from the very beginning, and we always knew it. We knew, for example, old people were much more susceptible. Obese old people were much more susceptible. I mean, uh, compromised were extremely more susceptible. Mm -hmm. But young people had less of a chance of dying from COVID as they do during the flu and the flu comes around. Right. And yet they still had these massive school closings that lasted a heck of a long time. The teachers union did not want to go back. Nope. And there was never any reason to do it. No. I mean, over and over again, you know, we, we questioned things and you weren't allowed to question anything. Even other scientists weren't allowed to question. No. The Great Barrington Declaration got shut down. They reviewed as radical. And now, as we're knowing, after last week, with Rand Paul filing the criminal referral against Fauci, has Fauci said a word 
I've not heard him. I anywhere. haven't heard anything. From and him. you know that the liberal media put the word out to get him on the air. Oh yeah, I did not. I, I I'll double check, but I didn't see anywhere where Fauci is sitting there like he remember early on where he'd come to his defense. He'd mm-hmm. do they're, they're lying. They're doing this. Mm-hmm. Well, is it because Rand Paul has the actual email? Right. Well, the truth will get out at some point. But Fauci can't hide forever. And the truth won't hide yeah, forever, I just, I just, as long as people are curious about it. And frankly, you got to think, with everything going on with the current president, and now you throw in funding to make a virus in a lab more dangerous to humans, that's, that is a horrible political recipe right there. That is the, the recipe for disaster. Yeah, I just put Fauci's name in. Nothing comes up against except Rand Paul drops bomb on Dr. Fauci. Mm-hmm. Rand Paul says Fauci caught yeah. in lies to Congress about coronavirus research. Dead to rights. Dr. Anthony Fauci caught in his biggest COVID lie yet. Um, and just that Fauci's being replaced. Mm-hmm. That comes mm-hmm. from, you know, and who the replacement is. Scientists under fire from Republicans. Defend yeah. Fauci and COVID origin study. But that was over a month ago. Yeah, right. In the last month, nobody's really spoken up to defend Fauci, including Fauci, who was quite active of doing it if he was attacked. Well, he was a media darling. Yeah. Why isn't that the case anymore? 86690-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Last week, we did talk about CNBC's ranking of pro-business states and what they used, mm-hmm. the politically correct stuff that they used, the woke stuff that they used, which actually is not about a more successful business. Uh, you had uh, National Review do the same thing. Woke bias skews CNBC's rankings of pro-business uh, 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 states mm. and talked about the fact that, uh, you know, the – the states that landed on the top 10 worst states to live and work in 2023, Texas, Florida. Yeah. You know, basically based on business because they used all the white, woke, white, the mm. woke criteria to judge whether a state is the best business state. Yeah. So Which it, is why all the businesses are moving there, right? Well, it it's, yeah, it, it's, it just... So asinine. It's it's like stating uh, who is the best football player and then finding a ping pong player. Or saying Colin Kaepernick because he's doing the things he's doing for the right reasons. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. How didn't I think of that? Hmm.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titus and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.